Good Shabbos, everyone. Shabbat Shalom. So I woke up on Monday morning to the sound of dripping water. And just to remind people, because I know it rained a lot this week, I don't think it was raining yet on Monday morning. The sound was coming from a crack in my ceiling and water was slowly dripping out of it into my bedroom. And I called my landlord and he, unfortunately no one was able to come that day and no one was able to come the next day and no one was able to come the day after that. And the small crack that began as this tiny little crack over the next three days grew into this huge hole in the ceiling of my apartment with plaster falling down. It's fixed mostly now. Thank you. It's fixed now mostly, but it, it was um, a messy week in my apartment, to say the least. And this moment reminded me of the power and the sanctity of space, the holiness of space, the holiness of spaces, of places where we are able to, in this case, physically be home, but in other instances where we are able to be metaphorically and spiritually at home as well. This idea comes up in this week's Torah portion in a number of ways. We're in the book of Leviticus, the central, the central text about holiness in the parshiot of, of Acharemot and Kedoshim. Two sections that give us laws about how to live holy lives. Specifically, giving us laws about how to live holy lives in a particular holy place, the holy place being, in this context, the temple. Right? Sort of this preeminent holy space for our ancestors and for certain communities for a vision of what the world could look like in the future with maybe a rebuilt temple. I don't really want to go there. I don't even know why I just said that. But <laughs> just giving you all context. But I do want to look at one particular section, which we're going to be reading from today, that talks about the importance of space. And again, this was something that I was thinking about in my own life, which we find a beautiful parallel here. So if you have a chumash, I'm on page 685 with the beginning of chapter 17. If you don't have a chumash, that's cool. I'll read and you can follow along. So at the beginning of chapter 17, we are told, this is what the Lord has commanded. If anyone of the house of Israel slaughters an ox or sheep or goat in the camp or does so outside the camp and does not bring it to the entrance of the tent of meeting to present it as an offering to the Lord before the Lord's tabernacle, blood guilt shall be imputed to that person. They have shed blood. That human being shall be cut off from among their people. And the Hebrew is very telling here. It tells us, Dam yechashev laishahu dam shafach. And the rabbis, when they read this section, read this as saying that the person who does not sacrifice an animal in the proper place, who does not sacrifice an animal inside the temple, or who does not bring the sacrificed animal into the temple once it has been sacrificed elsewhere, the rabbis tell us that this person is a murderer. They equate this act with the act of spilling not just the blood of an animal, but spilling the blood of a human being. And there are a lot of different directions that we could take this. We could talk about animal rights. But I really want to use this 
as an example and as a paradigm for talking about the importance of space, the importance of holiness. And the rabbis and the Torah, by equating this act done outside of the boundaries of the temple as being one of murder, the rabbis are telling us about how essential and how vital and how holy space can be. And the temple, we are told, is something which is to be used by all of us, by all, by all of Israelites and by all of us, really. The rabbis say, Ein lecha adam that there never was a human being who wasn't liable to bring something, to bring some kind of offering, to make atonement for some transgression to the temple. Right? The temple for the rabbis is the place where all of us can come and create and be in connection with something holy, with something, with something bigger than ourselves. And the rabbis are warning us that in instances where we forget this, where we forget about the inherent holiness of this space, where we forget about the sanctity, where we offer something outside of that space, not only do we miss an opportunity to connect, but we have gone so far afield that it is as if we are murderers, as if we have sacrificed some vital and important part of ourselves. And I think this has a lot of applications to today, to the world that we live in. And there are lots of different kinds of holy spaces that we can inhabit and that we can exist in. This could be read and understood as a metaphor for the whole world, for the earth. Right? As Reb Jeff Levy-Lyons spoke about last week, the earth right now is in grave danger. We are at a crossroads. We are at a moment where we have a chance to really make an impact and where we have to make a choice about how we show up, not just for us, but for our descendants. Right? So one way of reading about the power of space is to read it as a cautionary tale about how we approach the environment. But there are other kinds of holy spaces that exist for us besides the planet Earth. Right? There's this community, this church where we meet, where we are both guests and also people who are engaging in worship. And the rabbis offer us blessings to say upon entering and upon leaving synagogues as a way of helping create in us a certain intention, as, as a way of instilling in us values, um, which, will hopefully, which will hopefully affect the way we show up in that space. Right? And there are lots of different kinds of holy spaces for all of us in our lives. I just want to offer this as an opportunity for people to think about what holiness looks like for them, what it looks like for us to create holy spaces, whether it's in the world, whether it's outside in nature, whether it's in this space, whether it's in a different community, whether it's in your own home. What does it look like for us to create holiness? What does it look like for us to have holy spaces where we can enter and be full and be ourselves and be honest and be in connection and be in communion with something bigger and greater and more ancient than ourselves. And I want to end with just this. Just the rabbis tell a story in the Talmud about a rabbi who happens to wander into the korban, into the destruction of the temple. And when this rabbi is in, the in these ruins, the rabbi offers a prayer. And the Talmud tells us that in this moment, a bat kol, a divine voice, emerges and speaks to the rabbi in this place of ruins. And I love this idea for so many reasons, that in this place of destruction, God can still be found. And in this place that was once holy, the temple, holiness has never really been lost. It's been obfuscated by the destruction. It's maybe been obscured a little bit but the potential still exists in that space for holiness. Right? This is still a place where this rabbi is able to hear that direct voice of God. 
So for this first Aliyah, I want to call up anyone who wants to commit in the coming week to building spaces of holiness, whether those are metaphorical spaces like community or whether those are physical spaces like a place in one's apartment that currently has a hole in the ceiling that needs to be fixed over, or whether it's some other kind of physical space that we want to, to rededicate or to dedicate anew. Come on up for this Aliyah.